You're listening to the Outsider Art and Occult Podcast, Pragmagic. I'm your host, Keats Ross. On today's show, we have a repeat offender. And by offender, I mean someone I hold in the highest regard. You see, longtime listeners might remember Derek Hunter from our initial Pragmagic episode back in January of this year. It is insane to me how quick our relationship, both artistically and personally, has blossomed since that very episode. You might remember Derek Hunter's philosophy of love chaos. Well, love chaos has grown since that first episode. I am proud to announce that Derek Hunter has released his second part of the love chaos philosophy and love chaos theory and practice. And this lucky son bitch got to write the foreword to this great work. I couldn't be more thrilled to know Derek, to share in probably what is the most meteoric relationship I've had with somebody because of this podcast, because of art, and because of magic. I had initially wanted to read excerpts of my foreword from his new book, but, you know, it was just a bit too self-serious. And the beauty about Love Chaos is that you must embrace doubt. I had doubt about my self-serious nature in regards to, well, what we talk about, what I'm going through now, and everything inside and out. And with that, I've decided to embrace the chaos, freewheel this intro, and absolutely sit in the confines of the unknown. And for the first time ever, we take a therapeutic approach specified in love chaos theory and practice and engage in a love chaos dialogue about a very very big announcement i have regarding my life and my personal trajectory i'm moving to colorado anyways without further ado slither hither weirdos and witches here's a conversation and a love chaos dialogue with my good friend and esteemed colleague Mr. Derek Hunter. Derek Hunter, friend, it is so good to have you back on Pride Magic, and I'm so excited to talk about Love Chaos again. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure to be back on here with you. Uh, it's definitely was a a great experience earlier this year with you, and uh, was something that uh, really uh, helped Love Chaos in a lot of ways, and helped me in terms of clarifying and and defining what this new book uh, was going to be about. How amazing is that? Like, let's let's do a little window into the timeline here because. We talked in 2019, right? <laughs> so it seems yeah, like we, 
we did a lot of talking yeah a lot of a lot of messaging and well i mean yeah. it's and it's just uh, it's been fantastic i just i love how quick definitely. our relationship has evolved i love how quick i've uh come to accept love chaos and and practice the work and it's been such a, a nebulous part of my life since uh that initial episode so i've i've really uh thank you for for sharing it with me yeah well you know it's something that um it really means a lot to me, you know, and I've told you this uh, a number of times uh, that uh, our, our our friendship has uh, meant a tremendous amount to me, uh, just not only in terms of the work uh, of Love Chaos, but also just uh, for you and I as, as two human beings who have both had our struggles and uh, are both very similar in a lot of ways. We're both very passionate people, and uh, so it, it's definitely been um, – on my end, I'm very grateful to have met you as well and that we're developing this very unique uh, relationship that we have. So much ditto. And it's so cool to have had any part in this kind of new iteration of Love Chaos. So let's kind of jump into the book because last time we talked, it was predominantly about your first iteration of Love Chaos. And I thought maybe we could give li- listeners kind of a, a quick reiteration of what that initial text was oh the first one that came out in 2014 yes sure yeah that that i think it's important to know that that first book was born out of a point in my life where i had to make a major turn uh in my personal life uh after years of substance abuse to hard drugs to alcohol to a whole lifestyle that entailed that substance abuse um and is in going beyond just substance abuse just in terms of being a better uh, human being, a more decent human being, and a, and a more aware human being and conscious of my own um, issues, my own thoughts, my own feelings, and really uh, making some deep changes. So it um, it kind of, it, you know, it, uh, it, 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 can, it came out of, I think, in a lot of ways, a really deep subconscious place. I think if it, if it was something that... Um, that I could uh, sort of explain to people in a nutshell. Um, it really is uh, about these insights that kind of came to me uh, in a very kind of like, um, it wasn't an automatic writing, but I just had these, I was just bombarded with these ideas and these, these um, what I wanted to call insights. And, um, and I had to put it down. So that's what I did. And it was sort of at a really crucial point where I had come at kind of like a, at, where the 12 steppers call, you know, uh, rock bottom in my life. Right. And, you know, and so while I was being in that place, these insights kind of came to me and, um, like in, in a lot of ways saved my life. And so I put those down. And so there's the book contains 45 insights, uh, into life that are, um, guided by the principle of love chaos that views life as essentially chaotic in nature uh, and within that chaotic framework, it was important to focus on love. And uh, so, so, yeah, so that's where it it wasn't this new book is more of a very conscious, methodical, well thought out step by step guide. And that first book was just being, you know, in a really low point in my life and just sort of having these insights come to me and save me, basically. And I wanted it to, to share it with the, the rest of uh, whoever would read it, the rest of humanity, you know? Yeah, it sounds like, you know, this continuation of uh, 
this translation process, you know, from deep subconscious kind of artistic realms into what we have now, which is theory and practice. Is that safe to say? Yeah, definitely. I Even before I started practicing magic, you know, which was about 2009, um, even before that, I was a, bit, a big believer in as being an artist and opening myself to different pathways uh, and allowing myself to be a vehicle or a vessel for um, something, whether it's just ideas or the imagination or if there really was some kind of other dimension that existed. Um, since my teens, I always felt that it was this really strong part of what it meant to be an artist was just allowing yourself to be a channel for these ideas. Um, and a lot of my, my creative, uh, aspect, uh, really deals with the subconscious. And, uh, I really try to use language in a way to penetrate the subconscious and to find out what's there and to put it onto page, uh, through storytelling. And, uh, so really you're right in a, in a lot of ways, how, Love Chaos was born was was through this this realm of, of the unseen and it kind of came, coming out into the scene, into the scene world, because I was, I was at a point where I needed something and I needed to have some guidance. And uh, and being a person who was so resistant to following uh, guidance and being being told what to do and, and, and wanting to uh, uh, please authority um I needed something, so I had to create something myself in order for me to continue living. Uh, and so from that point of being an artist to being a creative person, which I still am today, um, I realized that you know I had to have a certain way of life, certain principles that were still very non-dogmatic, but principles that I could live my life by so that I could have a healthy life to be there, not only for myself, but also for my son. Um, so that that over the last you know, five years developed as I became a counselor and started the work in the, in the helping field, helping others. So over the years, these theories and these ideas that have come to be uh, to be found in this newest book, Love, Chaos and Theory and Practice, uh, has, have been basically have been developing over the years as I've been practicing it in my own life and in it also in my way of helping others as well, too. There's one thing that has always really resonated with me, and I talk about it um, in the forward a bit, is the kind of reverence to doubt, or this kind of uh, overarching healthy agnosticism. Not an agnosticism that um, just kind of lets go and lets be, but is, you know, is reverent and is, is full of interest and curiosity but is never really kind of riddled with absolutes. And I've always really appreciated that. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and your experience with, you know, agnosticism as a whole, maybe the frustrations that <laughs> that is born out of that a bit. Sure. Well, I think what really helps, I think what really helps a lot in life is um, demonstration. And uh, when we see someone else doing something, it makes it much easier for us to do it. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I like my my current uh, employer. We're called demonstrators and not counselors. Ah. And, you know, and so and it, it's a whole other thing. I won't, you know, really go into that right now. But basically, it's something that um, this whole embracing of doubt, which is crucial to love chaos and it's crucial to me, um, really stems from me seeing in it, it 
in action through my father. Uh, my father, my biological father, was a, um, was a devout agnostic. Um, and so even before I ran into Robert Anton Wilson, who was also a devout agnostic, I had already was familiar with agnosticism and how it could be applied to living a healthy and, and fulfilling life. And my dad showed to me, you know, in his own, by demonstrating day in, day out, how a person could embrace doubts and not be, and, you know, the, the traditional perspective on doubt is that it, doubt is like crippling. Doubt is, it, it creates insecurities. Doubt creates, you know. Inaction, um, yeah. Inaction, yeah, exactly. It, it creates all sorts of things that are harmful to to people because we've been for centuries raised on this concept of faith, that faith is basically the key to salvation. And, um, and certainly I believe that um, it can be. Faith can be something that people can utilize as a tool that they can believe in deeply that can help them, and then they've proven to do so. But um, I feel like, you know, that doubt is really something that is just as powerful as faith, and that if you understand how doubt can help you, and you can, and, and this is where the love principle comes in, is that's why it's combined uh, with love, is that if you utilize love for yourself and love for other people, Doubt doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. Um, but again, like the, for me, it wasn't just, you know, really loving and enjoying Robert Anson Wilson's work, which was, you know, just through text, through through language and through books. And then also seeing him in his interviews and how hilarious he was and humorous and just like a really fun guy. But even before Robert Anson Wilson was really just seeing it in flesh and blood with my dad and um just seeing him, you know, and, and, and out of all the people that I knew, except perhaps my mother, um, he, you know, he was the one that was always there. You know, my mom was always there. My dad was, was there. I had friends, lovers, people come and go, other family members come and go. So that kind of consistently, consistency showed to me that it was possible to do, uh, to embrace doubt and, and to really make it work for you. And, um, you know, and just with, with my dad, he, um, he actually uh, had this idea uh, for creating his own religion towards the end of his life. He died just unexpectedly at the age of 64, uh, three months after my son was born in 2005. So he was really in the works of working on a lot of different things, and his life was cut short. Um, but one of them was this idea of having this church, uh, what he called the Church of Many Doubts. And um, one of the one of the um, I include that in the first book of Love Chaos. I talk about just real briefly about how my father wanted to create this church of many doubts, and, uh, and I really feel that um, Love Chaos is sort of an extension of those ideas that he had. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be the through line or the you know the sinew, the connective tissue between uh, uh, what I I see as the three components really of Love Chaos in this new book and this new iteration of it. And I see in the introduction, you basically explain these three chapters, which one, Love Chaos is a guiding principle in day-to-day -day living. Uh, two, Love Chaos psychology, using psychology for personal growth. And three, Love Chaos magic, practicing techniques and rituals of transformation. So how is doubt or agnosticism... Um, you know, how does that come into play within these three components? Are there, um, 
over are there overarching ideologies that are one one should be weary of and and even hard sciences like psychology i guess that wouldn't be a hard science but you know what i mean in academic sure. academic worlds oh so well i think in all three of those i think you can really i think the key thing is is and it's it's important for people to understand that um a person could be you know have your own practices, your own belief system, and then also follow love chaos. Love chaos is not meant to replace other people's belief system. It's more of in addition. And if people would like to embrace and follow love chaos and love chaos alone, of course, that's great too. Um, and, you know, it's really, it's not really meant to be like in opposition to Christianity, right? you know, to Islam, to, uh, their various different pagan beliefs or to other occult practices to to atheism or materialism it's not meant to be in opposition to any of these things i think the key thing though is though is that if you do have these beliefs and you do have these practices um it's important that if you're going to follow love chaos that you have to have doubt about those beliefs and about those practices that you have and uh if you if a person is unwilling basically to doubt their own beliefs and their own practices, then really uh, love chaos is not really meant for them. Um, I think people who are um, militantly um, fixed and obsessed with certain concepts and certain ways of being, um, it just, that's really what love chaos is not about at all. And uh, I think that that's in terms of the three steps, you know, um, I think if you can look at it in terms of one's own life, you know, you look at your the job that we do, we all work, you know, and have either a nine to five job or work odd hours or whatever it may be. Um, I think it's important to know that um, this whole unpredictable nature of existence, whether it's at a job or um, in our relationships to people that we love and care about or strangers that we meet, um, is that whatever that we have a perception on, um, it's, it's, it's good to have some kind of idea of what we're doing, but always, always to leave a certain window open for the possibility that one, I could be wrong, or there could be something, another element to what's going on mm -hmm. that I'm not really, uh, I don't see at the moment. So that's like one example for, for in terms of like day to day, um, practice of love chaos and embracing doubt. What I love is like it's it's a salvo in a way to pre-existing absolutes. It's like it's not replacing the ideology. It's not, you know, uh it's not becoming one in and of itself. It's an additive, you know, incorporation almost. And uh through this process through, you know, pragmatic through meeting you having love chaos be parallel to my own kind of magical journey one of the big things and big hurdles in my way has been uh dogmatic ideologies especially within the occult and sure. what i love about love chaos is that it kind of it, it just it bites it back down to size for me but one thing in love chaos theory and practice is that the third chapter is love chaos magic and it's it reads just like a wonderful primer to those interested in the occult without making it seem like a gatekeeping technique. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah. It was with the, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, if you could talk a little bit about uh, how you found Love Chaos to, you know, incorporate into uh, the occult spheres. Sure. I think it's important to know that, like, um, I I love the occult world. I do feel like the occult world has a lot of flaws, um, and, and it always has, just like every other field has its flaws and a lot of misguided stuff, you know, and a lot of ego. Yeah. Uh, I certainly feel like, though, that the occult is not exclusive in regards to dogmatism or egotism. Right. Um, you know, that, you can find that in anywhere. Um, but I do feel that it's important to know as much as that I – me, I do feel like I belong in the occult world. Um, Love Chaos is also um, is also a book and also a philosophy that is meant for people who uh, really don't have any interest in the occult um, and would like rather uh, because there's a lot in terms of not just in, in chapter one, but it, there's a lot involved in Love Chaos psychology. There's a lot of really a lot of work that a person can do within Love Chaos with, with all the psychological stuff which then leads to the group work and the group work, you know, is there's a lot entailed in that and the love and cha love chaos dialogues. Um, so they're really, it's really meant for, it really is meant for everyone. Right. It's a, it's a, it, it really has the possibility for everyone could practice love chaos. But so given that though, I also wanted it to be, so for anyone who has no, um, uh, no prior uh, knowledge of the occults, of psychology, of philosophy, of self-help, all of these things uh, that this book would be like an introduction for them. You know, like it, 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 I wanted it to be so that people unfamiliar with a lot of things in the occult um, would be able, to, be able to understand, well, what exactly is magic? What has been the history of magic in the last hundred years? Who are the notable figures yeah. in magic? You know, from Aleister Crowley to Austin Osmond Spare to the, the people in, in, in Chaos Magic to Wicca. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it, it is something that it's important to know that, you know. And just like I, I went into a brief history of peer-to-peer uh, -peer support groups with not only the 12 Steps but SOS and Refuge Recovery and Smart Recovery, um, it's important to understand what has come before um, so that we have things in context of where we're at right now. Well, the thing, I mean, also another big uh, component I champion with Love Chaos Theory and practice is the pragmatic application of it and the fact that what you do uh, for a living, but not even for a living, just what your kind of purpose is outside of, of this has been, you know, helping people, being, uh, you know in a therapy situation and, and helping reform prisoners and, and, you know, people, you know, with, you know, just kind of hard histories, I would say, like we have. And I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about bringing some of that information in, like you just mentioned with talking about the different 12 step programs. Sure. Yeah. I, I think, um, again, like all other, sort of um, religions or belief systems, um, you know, my my personal way of feeling about the 12 steps or others self-help peer-to-peer uh, -peer support groups um, is that I may not agree with them personally, but I definitely do find some value to them. Um, there's a great deal of value in a lot of ways in the 12 steps um, that uh, I feel can be 
very, very useful for people. You know, um, this notion of it's not about a specialist per se or a guru who is basically telling everyone what to do and how to be and how to act. It's about, you know, one addict helping out another addict. Right. You know, and it's like it's one person who struggled but has overcome adversity and has, have, you know, done the 12 steps and gotten to a certain point of understanding and how to live a better life than helping others. And um, that's a really big principle behind Love Chaos, too. Um, love Chaos is not meant to be about a guru. I'm not a guru. Uh, I'm not a specialist. Um, there's a lot of other people out there in the world who have a lot more knowledge about the occult, about philosophy, about psychology. Um, but in terms of how I have used Love Chaos to help me in my life, and as you say, a very pragmatic approach, um, and how I've come to use the research that I've, I've, I've done in the occult, in psychology, in self-help, in you know, peer-to-peer groups, uh, I've utilized the research that I have done, and I have done you know, a fair lot. I love to read. I love to utilize knowledge uh, in my actual day-to-day existence. And, um, you know, I think it's important to know that um, the 12 steps is, is there's a big, big part of it is after you've done the 12 steps, um, you basically are going out and being of service to others. And that's another principle that I have found that I have really um, cherished because that's really um, – kept me sane in a lot of ways this notion of helping other people is a way to to not just out of true altruism which is it feels great to help other people and to see other people do well but also in addition to that to know that by helping other people i'm helping myself you know i'm keeping my own you know my own sanity intact by by helping others that's a plus (laughs) definitely yeah, it's something. I think especially, especially as you, you know, both of us have come to that point of, of really dark places, of losing our minds, of uh, perhaps not being, uh, committing the crimes that say the guys that I've helped, some of them who have murdered people, some of them have spent decades in prison. Um, you know, I haven't gone to really dark places like some people have that I've been helping, but I have gotten to that point of. Uh, where you understand it's a life and death situation. And so my own sobriety, my own sanity is is key for me in order to continue just being alive. You know, one of the things about, you know, this dark night of the soul that we both know all too well is a lot of times you'll see people kind of clamor or uh, subscribe to anything, any anything that helps pull them out. Um, some of us are yeah. lucky enough to experience, you know, uh, magical practice during this time. I think magic is a huge thing for desperate people, and I think that's it. That's its worth, you know. But what I really appreciate about Love Chaos is, you know, f- finding that wedge right when you're pulling yourself out of the hole to remember to forgive yourself and to, you know, maybe not subscribe so fully so quickly. Would you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like it's it's very understandable um, why people are born again. Yeah, you know, in those in the in right in that point of the dark night of the soul. And I've I've met a lot of people who have whether it was Christianity or the twelve steps mm-hmm. 
or, or something else, they found a faith, they found a system of beliefs um, that helps them, basically, and they latched onto it. And uh, in the process, it helps them tremendously, but it also made them very dogmatic. Right. And, you know, and, and it, it's, it's really one of the things that really was just so liberating for me in my, my, um, my first year of sobriety from not only hard drugs but alcohol too was finding an alternative to the 12 steps um, because being an agnostic and being someone who was really anti uh, being told what to do, which unfortunately there is that element to the 12 steps, um, I found another group and that was called SOS, which is, stands for Secular Organizations for Sobriety. And then there, again, going back to, to this notion of, of demonstration, I was actually be able to be in groups with other people who were either agnostic or atheists, and they didn't have to be spiritual. They didn't have to have a higher power. They didn't have to be, they didn't have to be told what to do. They didn't have to tell me what to do. Right. And they, you know, and they were living sober, happy lives. And it was just so, so, so liberating to know that I didn't have to toe the line of someone else's beliefs. I didn't have to just become this person that was just saying yes to everything that someone else was saying. Um, that was a very liberating experience, you know, and, um, and that was, it just sort of reaffirmed to me my own beliefs in the importance of, of love chaos and how that it really needed to be there, not just for me, but for other people who had that same need to live fulfilling lives uh, and healthy lives, but didn't have to become, um, didn't have to, what I want to say, like sell their soul to dogmatism, Right. you know, you know, and, and, and it's just nice to know that life is like that. You don't have to um, be born again well, there's... to better. I'm sorry, to better. Oh, wait, you don't have to be born again to, to get better as a, as a person. All right. So, I mean, it's this concept that has been, you know, hammered and, and refined and kind of known between its, you know, new thought or chaos magic or um, even uh, the 12 steps when they tell you just pick a de- like not a deity, but pick something higher than yourself. You know what I mean? To a higher to, power. Yeah, just right. pick a higher power. It doesn't have to be, you know, Jehovah or whatever. It, it can be, it can be whatever. And it's it's this concept that I think a lot of times gets jumbled or it gets lost in translation about, you know, how deep maybe, or, um, you know, what the intention behind it can be. Would you agree? Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right when it comes to the intention behind it because um I have no problem. I have several higher powers in right. my life, you know, and I did before. You know, I have several deities or entities, so it it wasn't it's this it's the notion of 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 submission and of basically this notion that I'm powerless that really um any of the credit that that um should be given not to me, but not only to my higher power, but to the fellowship um, or to something outside of myself. And this notion basically uh, of you hear it a lot in meetings of, uh, um, you know, my best thinking got me to my worst place. You know, your best thinking is basically what got you to the gutter. So don't listen to your own thinking. Right. 
And that, and that just really runs contrary to how I've lived most of my life was that I, I've always thought my best thinking, thinking rationally and reasonably is what really got me to better places. It was my impulsive, irrational thinking, um, although sometimes could be very rewarding and, and, and fulfilling too, but certainly making stupid decisions uh, is really what got me in the gutter, not my best thinking, you know, and um, it's just this whole notion of submitting yourself to something other than yourself um, that I felt was really not something I could sit with well. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there in the world who, who feel the same way. Yeah, it seems to be a hurdle. I, I know during my uh, my transition, that was definitely one of them, or this weird idea of a, uh, for lack of a better term, like a cult mentality. Yeah. Sure, sure. Definitely, um, and I think it's yeah. It just it it it's part and parcel to the rebellious spirit, you know, the rebellious probably souls that we have that got us into the mess in the first place. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's a really uh, we. I think you and I have talked about this before. Um, it's something that is like for some people they feel like that rebellious spirit is somehow inherently evil, right? So anything that comes from that rebellious independent spirit is is bad. And harmful and I feel like that's not necessarily true you know I think that um, that you can find you can find a lot of different ways to pull yourself out of situations um, by utilizing that rebellious spirit and it, it, it if you understand if you look at how that there are a lot of things in life that are are out there to help you and to do and to benefit you and a lot of other people that really mean you well and that, that love you and care about you, but also in addition to that, there are also um, things, people, ideas, things that are really out to control you, to to put you into a position of submission, to, to do you harm. Um, we really can't ignore that reality. So to rebel against something that does us harm is, I think, is inherently good and healthy. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to do us more harm. Yeah, in a way, it's I, I learned to kind of you know rebel against that that thinking, right? That exactly. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of things in life comes through our thoughts, and a lot of like uh, things that seek to um, do harm to us come through our mind, and it's important to understand when we have these ideas. Um, certainly, they're coming from us and coming from our head. Uh, but all these insecurities or fears or anxieties or all these things, um, you know, it's important to know how to deal with them and how to operate in life in such a way where we're not being um, subjected to their power. Yeah. And it just got me thinking if, you know, if there's any listeners out there that might be kind of, you know, at the end of their ropes, too, and are, you know, wondering how this could help them. Uh, what would you suggest with the love theory and practice? Well, I, I would suggest reading the book. Um, it's a very quick read. It's it's only a little over a hundred pages, you know, with with your excellent forward and then my introduction, then the first chapter, then the second chapter, uh, and then the third chapter, and there's an epilogue of quotes. It, it runs over a little over a hundred pages. Yeah, and you know, it's something that I think it'd be good for people to read it. Um, and uh, 
and then go from there. And there's a lot of options in terms of where people can go. Um, I definitely feel like it would be good for people to reach out to me directly. Um, I do these love chaos dialogues with people where they pose a question. Um, they ask a question about their life um, that they'd like to have discussed between me and them. And again, like I come from a place of, of it's a dialogue. It's not, I'm not coming from a place of, uh, I'm a guru who's going to provide you with all the answers in life. Right. I, I'm basically another human being that's struggling too. But through my experiences and through my practice, I have come to um, a better place in my life with using Love Chaos. And those are things that can help um, other people as well. I mean, it's just, it's a, that's the thing with Love Chaos. It, it sounds simple. Um, it sounds like a, a, a an obvious resolve once you hear it. You know what I mean? It sounds sure. like yeah. it's, it, but it packs such a wallop and it's not like uh, the love chaos dialogues, which, you know, full disclosure, we, we have had, and it's, it not only builds a relationship between two people, which is just good, no matter what, you know, it, right. um, it also helps, you know, different perspective. I mean, it's, it's, it's therapy. It's, you know, it's been tried and, uh, trusted for a millennia, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but the way that it's it's kind of guised in this, you know, uh, agnosticism too, and this um, I don't know this ability to not be uh, hindered or corrupted by different outside, you know, uh, ideologies has has been really wonderful because there's something you know within the world of psychiatry or or there's always some weird um, overarching agenda, I would say, in a way. Right, right. Yeah. And it's, it's important for people to know there, there's a great deal of, of therapies and different modalities, different techniques that are used uh, in the field of psychology that can be very, very beneficial for people. Uh, but I think it, you have to understand, though, too, that um, psychology, as great as it can be in, in it also it's it's not it's definitely not like what we were talking about earlier it is not actually a hard science right and unfortunately a lot of times therapists or psychiatrists or psychologists like to present it as if it is a hard science and um there just is too much when it comes to human behavior and feelings and thoughts it's just so impossible to really make psychology fit into the standard traditional hard sciences of biology and chemistry and and other different um, fields of, of of science is that it um, there's just too, there's just too much nuance involved, uh, and that's why I really feel that actually uncertainty can be really beneficial for people, because if you look at our, your life already as it has been and as it is now, you know, uh, I, I I really honestly feel that people actually already practice love chaos. Right. That's yeah. That's you know? what I meant by that. It's it sounds like a a, a perfect resolve, you know, because it's 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 just so healthy in its understanding of the world and the forces outside and your interaction with those forces and what your resolve is with those forces. And it's just better to love those forces. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, I, I think you know. Again, like. Um, you know, the reason why I feel like that people already practice love chaos is that nobody really knows for sure what the hell is going on in the world. Right. 
or in the universe. And we have certain, certainly there has been a great deal of people throughout human history who have come to certain conclusions and found certain things to be true. Um, and to a certain extent, but a lot of times, you know, uh, when we come to these conclusions or we come to these understandings about our existence or about existence in general, a lot of times it'll change. And, and like past discoveries will be found to be not necessarily true. And as we evolve and as we develop, and I, so I feel like people basically, we do things in life on a day to day basis or in a generalized sense. We don't really know what we're doing. And I feel like people just inherently want to, um, to love and to be loved. I think it's just inherently already a part of us. I feel that, um, that doesn't mean that everyone's a great human being and we do good things to each other. We oftentimes do horrible things to each other. And if you look at human history, it, it just shows you right there that we, we do, um, a tremendous amount of pain, um, to ourselves and to others. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and so it, where that comes into play is this, that, um, we are really, uh, we're really insecure. Uh, human beings are not secure. Uh, I feel like we're really just, we, we act a lot of times out of fear, out of anxieties, about a, a lot of things. And uh, we want, because of that, we want to latch on to certainties and we want to latch on to something that's um, going to be what we feel is the absolute truth. And um, Love Chaos basically presents a, a picture and a way of life where you don't have to do that. And um, in the reality of your life can you can actually embrace how things go and navigate it and work your way through it. Um, and that really to follow the path of love chaos is it does require a transformation. It does require, um, you know, your time and your attention. Yeah. It's but inner it, alchemy for sure. Yeah. It's not something that it, it requires you to be, to change in a lot of ways what you've already been doing. It just means that, now you become conscious of what you've already been doing and then how can you use those things in a conscious way to benefit you and um that's really what love chaos is about well i thought we could um illustrate maybe the love chaos dialogues and basically just give listeners an idea of of what we mean maybe dispel any um you know ideas the preconceived notions of of what this might be by just, you know, having a, a dialogue right here. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's something that I think, you know, it's important to know that with love chaos dialogues, they're very casual. Um, it's not something that, you know, will feel all that different from a normal conversation. Right. You know, and, uh, and when though, I think the one thing that keep the one thing that sort of provides like some underlying principle behind it is that, uh, so, like for example, uh, we'll, we'll do one right now, um, and if people want to actually do one on their own, that's fine. But again, like as long as at least one person involved has the the principle of love chaos guiding them, and um, and then in all the conversations, all the dialogues uh, need to be started with the question, and and that's sort of the starting point. Right. So. Um, I think by the time this comes out next week, I'll, I would have announced that I'm moving to Denver. And so I've right. got my 
or Denver, or Colorado. We're not even entirely sure, to be honest. And that's kind of my uh, the basis of what my question is. Is and I, I'm trying to figure out how to form it into a question, but it's really just about the the stresses and the the bittersweetness of such a quick move and change of environment, and uh, having a hard time with a lot of those. The roller coasters are up and down, the anxieties, the, um, yeah, just this weird kind of future longing I have for the community uh, here, um, but also, like, this excitement. It's it's just this ball, this mass of confusion right now, you know? <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the tape. Um, if you want to be privy to the Love Chaos dialogue Derek and I go very, very in deep with, especially about my move to Colorado, I'm going to release this full conversation unedited on Patreon at patreon.com slash pragmagic. You know, you give a little money, you get to know about my personal shit. In any case... Um, thank you so much for listening. Please pick up Love Chaos Theory and Practice at Amazon. It's only six bones, and you'll be supporting an amazing artist, philosopher, and magician. Derek Hunter, thank you so much for uh, being a part of this genealogy of Pragmagic and of my own trajectory. Um, I owe a lot to your friendship, and I want to thank everyone who's listening. Again, if you want to hear that personal Love Chaos dialogue, patreon.com slash pragmagic. And as always, I love you all. Haunt on. Haunt on.